0: Ah, welcome weary travelers to the great big universe of X-S.
1: Hey, Buster, don't look now, but that earthling you're with is really an alien in
0: disguise. I shall continue tomorrow. You must continue now. And now, for your safety and the safety of those around you, we ask that you walk slowly and carefully to your first destination. Have a great day. WDW Radio, your information station.
2: Hello and welcome to the WDW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station, i am your host lou Mangello, and this my friends is show number 96 for the week of december 7th 2008. continuing along with the spirit of the holiday season we're going to look at ye old christmas shop in the magic kingdom's liberty square but rather than just a simple walk through of this quaint little store we're going to once again dig deeper into its story long history and the meaning behind some of the things you'll see next time you're browsing through or even just walking past. And joining me this week is fellow Disney geek George Taylor. He's also going to talk with me about some of Walt Disney World's other Christmas stores, including some very interesting little details and magical moments, some extinct shops from days gone by, and we'll even give you our Walt Disney World Christmas lists just in case Santa is listening this week. And from one list to another, we'll look at another Top 10 list with Tim Foster. And this week, we're going to wear our hearts on our sleeves as we look at the Top 10 Sentimental Moments in Walt Disney World. Yes, we two manly men will look at some of these emotional moments that just get you right here every time you visit. I'll also announce the winner of last week's Wayback Machine contest before playing some more of your voicemails at the end of the show. So sit back relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. Liberty Square in the Magic Kingdom may be a land that's small in size, but arguably is one of the ones most replete with little details and significance in design and architecture. And it's it's really a land that's less about fantasy and more about reality, especially in terms of American history. And like everywhere else in Walt Disney World, even the shops have a story to tell, and in some cases... More than one. So with the holidays coming upon us, it's time to go shopping, exploring, investigating, and way back a little bit, as we're going to take a detailed look at ye old Christmas shop in Liberty Square. And joining me, magnifying glass and candy in hand, as we do a little uh, <laughs> Disney scene investigating, is George, who could make the sunrise? The Candyman can. Taylor from the Imagineerding blog.
1: Oh, thank you, Lou. Such a beautiful introduction. Almost better than Tim's introductions. I've been working on.
2: This is why I don't sleep. I just work on introductions Uh, the whole time.
1: Exactly. I put my candy
2: down. I was going to say, do you actually have any candy left over from Halloween?
1: Yes, yes, just a few pieces. They're in my scrapbook. So
2: (laughs) it's frightening, but probably true. So
1: yes, exactly.
2: <laughs> but listen, a Halloween is over. Put the candy aside. It's time for for Christmas treats, like whatever Christmas treats are in your house. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: candy canes. That, thank you very much. So I knew it would come candy. back to candy. So it comes back to food and candy right off the bat. Food, and, candy right off the bat. That's but it. as much as you like Walt Disney World during Halloween, I'm sure, like me and so many other people, you just love. Walt Disney World during the holiday season and you can kind of get that holiday season and Christmas time even in the sweltering months of July over at the old Christmas shop.
1: Oh yeah, it's a great shop to visit, but I guess we don't want to jump off talking about the history of it or should we just talk about the thousands upon thousands of ornaments <laughs> basically once you walk in and it's a little... I will say you know, I love going during Christmas time. Uh, very first time my wife and I visited and it was 80 degrees out and we're wearing shorts and you walk into a store and they're playing Christmas music it's a little like what? What's going on? (laughs) Not used to this? Um,
2: Yeah it's a little tough to be shopping for your ornament you know in July.
1: Well yeah but you know if that's your only trip that's what you gotta do. Right.
2: And and let's not take it for granted if if you're not sure where a yield Christmas Shop is if you go over the Liberty Square Bridge from the hub, it's uh, on the left-hand side, across from Sleepy Hollow Refreshments, where, by the way, you can and should and must pick up funnel cake. Best three dollars and twenty-nine cents you can spend. Just be sure to wipe the uh, the powdered sugar off your hands before stepping into the Christmas store,
1: <laughs> and your shirt and everywhere else.
2: <laughs> um, now,
1: is it three twenty-nine? Does that mean it's on the dining plan?
2: It's probably I'd a snack on it. the dining <laughs> plan. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Take the money from your kids if you need to. Funnel yes. Cake in Liberty Square is, 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 is certainly worth a must-do.
1: Yes, it but. is worth it. And I, and I think the great thing about the uh, Yeo Christmas Shop, which we'll talk about in a little bit, is the fact that it's got like f- three, four entrances and exits. <laughs> <laughs> Basically what you're going in. But yes, once you cross over the bridge and it's past the uh, <clears throat> Funnel Cake area, it's almost directly across from the Hall of Presidents which is nice. It's such a, I love Liberty Square. My I favorite area. I, I do. Uh, second favorite,
2: uh, you know, after Adventureland. Right. I, I, but, I think, I think I love the theming here so much. Um, I love the music that's playing in the background. If you listen very carefully, which little trivia fact, it was actually recorded using only instruments that were available at that, you know, at that time period. Um, I, I love looking at the different architecture, um, you know, the East Coast, the Philadelphia, and the Williams, Williamsburg, Virginia style architecture. Um, and just sort of Listening to and watching the Liberty Square Riverboat in the background, and maybe hearing the howling of the, um, the the dog over in the mansion in this, the distance.
1: Oh yeah, it's, it's a great scene as you walk in. I, I just truly really love it, and of course. But we're done with
2: our funnel cake. <laughs> I was gonna say, did we mention the funnel cake yet? Yes, we mentioned <laughs> it. Again. We're back to food, and there is a popcorn and, uh, cart right by the by the by the Liberty Bell, which is nice. Yeah, so that's right. In case you get hungry on that walk, there's someplace else to stop and get a <laughs> snack. After,
1: but that's after the Christmas store. That's right after. The that's Christmas right. Shop. But yes, to to go into the Christmas shop in the middle of July to pick out your ornament for that year because I'm sure Lou like uh, the Christmas tree uh, we have upstairs probably you know it's 90% Disney but they're all ornaments we've picked up for the various trips you know throughout the year like that and that's what everybody has to do you've got to pick up a Christmas ornament from your trip so it is a must visit no matter what time of year it is but it, it is nice to go into the shop during during the uh, July heat and get a little respite Right,
2: especially so, since it's air conditioned. So it's, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> now, now it's funny because my kids, especially my daughter, loves going into this shop because she wants to pick out, you know, her new ornament, no matter what time of year it is for the Christmas tree. So, it's, exactly, uh, it's become somewhat of a tradition. And there's great, there's a great selection in there. You can get ornaments that are personalized. They also have uh, some of the miniature collectibles, like little, the little miniature town sets decorated for Christmas, which are you know sort of the. Um, along the lines of the department 56 houses, but these are ones from main street, like the Emporium um, and some of the other ones, which are, are great as well
1: exactly i mean it's i know you don't con- condone thievery of any kind but well i guess i could put that on my christmas wish list I, <laughs> i'd like somebody to get those houses for me um i do not want to be permanently banned from walt disney world for uh, accidentally walking off with one of the christmas villages not that i would but anyways um it, it, yeah it's such a great shop it's got such a great atmosphere and uh, you know i think my only complaint is it's a little small and uh <laughs> <laughs> there have been occasions I've knocked a few ornaments off, but we won't <laughs> to talk about that. The literal
2: bull in the china shop is George K. Yes,
1: <laughs> you know, I've, I've had my funnel cake. I've had my candy, and my arms are flailing and as I run through the shop because I'm so excited to be there. Um, it, it, it's a great little shop. It's so quaint. It's not like the typical shops that you uh, uh, get at the end of a ride because it, it's, it's, the building is almost in a half crescent, or it's in a crescent shape. To fit the curve of the street, the way it goes around, so you you don't see the whole shop at one time as you go into the building, but it's it's just it's got such a great feeling, and it is not really broken up into different sections, but because of the way the building's shaped and the doors and the exit owes to its history.
2: Absolutely, um, and, and and let's maybe talk a little bit about the history, and then we'll talk a little bit about some of the architecture, because like you said. If you look at it from the outside, it doesn't look like three separate stores. It looks like three separate homes or three separate buildings.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, it, well, I want to start us off because it wasn't originally the Christmas shop. And actually, there wasn't a Christmas shop until, at, Walt, at the Magic Kingdom until, what time was it? Was it 1986 when it took over
2: from uh, Merlin's Magic Shop? Great! Throw the date out at me. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you just back that bus right up over me,
1: <laughs> Lou? Exactly. What 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 hour? What minute? What second? What 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 uh what what was the moon? What quadrant was the moon in at Great. this point in time?
2: <laughs> credibility level just got shot down about okay. fifty so notches. Well, so let's so talk about what was there before the old Christmas shop. And you're right, um, it, it did not start <laughs> off that way. And it was actually originally two, and then three different shops and the first one was a silversmith and really uh, a real silversmith shop that sold you know in these big beautiful wood antique cabinets there were silver teaspoons and tongs and bowls and tea sets and candelabras all of which were silver plated and over the sign uh, over the door it said johnny tremaine proprietor and george why don't you explain to us who johnny tremaine was and i want years month days dates please (laughs)
1: Uh, Well, it was a book, of course. Um, Johnny Tremaine was a book by uh, Forbes. I think think the author's name was, of course, being a librarian. I know all this. But it was also a film made by Walt Disney Pictures in 1957. So it does have a Disney connection. You might scratch your head for a little while and go, uh, what is this all about? But it talks about the Boston Tea Party, uh, the midnight ride of Paul Revere, the battles of that time period in that area so it's i don't know the exact battles hey okay you caught me on something but it so it fits into that time period exactly and he was actually i guess he was an apprentice wasn't he, right. he was an apprentice to a silversmith exactly. Is that where yep. from? okay okay see i had something right I knew there was something. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Now this—that's what the whole segment's going to be now. So you can, you know, get the guy
1: who. No, no, no. what kind of toilet paper
2: did they use? Lou? <laughs> yeah, jeez. <laughs> so, yes. so. But uh, yeah, as you um, as you would have crossed over the Liberty Square Bridge, this is the shop that's now where uh, it's got the yellow doors, and it's closest to where the Liberty Tree and Liberty Bell is now. Uh, the other store that was there when the Magic Kingdom first opened was Mademoiselle Lafitte's Parfou- Parfumerie. Uh, you, I'm sure you <laughs> yes, can say so, that much better than I can.
1: <laughs> parfumerie. But, of course, all the people that took French and major in French are screaming at us. And, so, <laughs> Parfumerie, Parfumerie, uh,
2: that's okay. Um. <laughs> this was one of your favorite stores, what? so please tell favor us with what they sold there. Oh, gosh, some French stuff. Um, no, perfume, of course. You could actually have your own perfume made, right? Right, and there were actually perfume blenders there that made custom fragrances for you. They basically had these six sort of basic fragrances that they worked from, could create hundreds of combinations, and the cool thing was, was that once they created one for you that you liked, they were able to record all the different formulas, so you could actually call back or come back reorder exactly what it was that you wanted and they also sold atomizers and eyedroppers and different types of, of glass cylinders but part of the fun was going in there having them create something specifically for you and of course if you wanted uh sort of the the name and you know boxed and bottled brands like chanel or nina ricci or uh, obviously probably your favorite was was high karate i'm sure they sold it <laughs> there as well so.
1: yes <laughs> Um, now, what what was de Lou? What did that smell like? Or was it Ode Mangello? <laughs> it or... smelled
2: like funnel cake.
1: Basically. <laughs> it Smelled like funnel cake. It was a mixture of different Disney related foods. Funnel
2: cake that- and popcorn, and, and uh, very popular. Yeah. Very very, I made me very popular in high school with the ladies. Let's just say that. So. Course, of course, of course. So <laughs> smell sugary Lou. Thank you. Um, <laughs> okay, so
1: yes, yeah, Soul perfume, perfumery gifts. So if you're an asthmatic, not a good story to be in,
2: but So the third store that was there actually didn't open until 1972. And this, George, is, I think, one of the most unique stores to ever be in any uh, area of Walt Disney World. And this was the Old World Antique Shop. And this was a real antique store. I mean, there were grandfather clocks and and big pieces of furniture and tables and uh, brass and pewter and copper. There were some reproductions in there, but there was a lot of original, uh, you know, Antique pieces, even as good, you know, jewelry and things like that uh, as well. And obviously, you know, the the reproductions were cheaper, but some of the prices of the items in here ranged upwards in the thousands and thousands of dollars.
1: Sure. I mean, they it's one of the they had another uh, antique store at the Disney World Village as well at the marketplace. But this one was, you know, it exists for almost 20 some odd years. So somebody had to be buying antiques at Disney World (laughs) and taking them home. Uh, It's just, you know, we think about a current vacation today, and you're just like, I'm not going to buy an antique and take it somewhere. But that was part of that area, part of the charm. I mean, I think it's, uh, I think I read in uh, one of the books that when they were trying to open the shop, there was actually something, they didn't know how much to price it, and they put a tag on it that said $15,000, and they really hoped that nobody would buy it because they weren't sure how much this was worth. It was like some kind of desk or something. And I was like, okay, <laughs> that's interesting. But, you know, nonetheless, it's, you know, you're not going to find any, I guess, what vintage Mickey ears or anything right. else. But they they right. could have had Disneyland merchandise there. <laughs> from that but, I, mean, they had, time. I mean, they
2: sold vintage clothing, and it was very oh, much yeah. like, I mean, that's the thing. It just didn't seem to belong in a theme park, but it, it fit well into Liberty Square.
1: Sure, and I guess you know it almost, mm, almost reflects what was available at Disneyland as well. Well, what's interesting is that Disneyland had a trio of shops that was just like the trio that sat in Liberty Square. They had um, La Baton Rouge, which, well, it's now called La Baton Rouge, but it, they sold it's called the One of a Kind Shop that sold antiques. They had Mi- uh, Mademoiselle Antoinette's Parfumerie now it's the Jewel of Orleans, and they had Lafitte's Silver Shop, which is now the Crystal Orleans. and I know I just massacred all those shop names, <laughs> but those shops are actually still in existence, not necessarily doing the same thing. The um, Jewel of Orleans is sort of there, and the, and the Crystal Shop has moved on, but they don't sell antiques at Disneyland either, <laughs> so they must have figured out, you know, uh, you know, you know, take it to Antiques Roadshow, yeah, I bought this at Disney World, they, they may not... <laughs> But it may like not we, give you any credit.
2: <laughs> but like we talked about on the Disneyland Recap Show, one of the things that we liked were the shops in that area, how well-themed yes. they were, how quaint they were, and that's exactly what you got here in Liberty Square.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you. That was just one of the nice places, and it's, it, it's almost like an update to what they did back then. So, But yeah, it was interesting. So in, in, in 1997... Seven. <laughs> Again, you with the date. So was, at least I'm ready I for like, this one. was like, the date. What's, what kind of numbers are we running here? I was, I was thinking of because where the Christmas store was before it moved to where it is now. Well, everybody knows where Sir Mickey's is behind the castle. That's where Mickey's Christmas Carol was from uh, 1986 to 1996. Of course, before then, it was Merlin's Magic Shop, but we're not going to bet that far back at this point so that was one of the first christmas shops they had was uh back in that area and it sold sort of the similar items not quite as much as we have today but in 96 they did close down mickey's christmas carol replaced by sir mickey and it moved over to liberty square as the old christmas shop
2: right and uh and again this is where the The idea of the three shops in one is is you can really tell from especially inside, but if you look very carefully outside as well and like you said it it's we said it sells a variety of Christmas items and uh maybe not as extensive as you would have found some of the other stores. but the thing that I love about this is the story that these three buildings tell, and if you look like all the other doors in Liberty Square, the doors to these three buildings are numbered they are they're numbered nine. 11 and 13 and the first building on your left as you cross over the bridge if you look outside you'll see a, a sign hanging uh, from the side of the building and it says music and voice lessons and the interesting thing about it and this is something that we've covered in the past before is it says by appointment Ichabod Crane instructor.
1: Yeah and at this point I would wait around for him to show up but you know, he got chased. He over might that bring bench. candy,
2: but he's bringing candy, so he's bringing candy, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's just
1: one of those great details that a lot of people aren't going to see, and you know, of course, tied back into that whole Liberty Square time period. You know, the story, of the legend of Sleepy Hollow, one of my favorite Disney shorts, uh, short features. So, um,
2: although there wasn't, no, I don't remember funnel cake in the actual movie, but nevertheless, Sleepy yeah, the Hollow. It, it,
1: it, it was there during the dance sequence and, okay. no, just... <laughs>
2: <laughs> but inside this store too and we'll, with all three of the stores that we're going to kind of talk about that really are, are one there are some great details here as well and if you walk in that first door by the cash register take a look around because not only will you see a lot of things on the walls and up on shelves like violins and other musical instruments but you'll see framed on the walls music uh You know, sheet music with songs like The Holly and the Ivy and I Saw Three Ships, Joy to the World. So it continues with that storyline that not only are you at this this place to get music lessons, but that you're getting lessons or, or can go there for lessons right around Christmas time.
1: Exactly. I looked for Stairway to Heaven, but it wasn't there. Um <laughs> I tried, Man, play
2: Freebird.
1: <laughs> play Freebird. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's such the details are so amazing and, and it's got such a, a darker wood than the other parts, but you know, I don't want to get too architecturally detailed in that. But yeah, they follow the music theme and you know, you can find some music related ornaments in that part of the store as well. It's some
2: really breakable ones. <laughs> yeah, as George, I'm sure, can attest to. You have many broken ornaments that you were forced to buy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, we've got boxes of half ornaments from Disney World. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but the uh, the second store, as part of, of this trio of stores, again, if you look outside at the sign, you'll see it says Woodwright is the name on it. And it says Fine Carving, Toy Making, and Carpentry. And you'll see it's, it's a bluish sign with a, a wooden horse and outside the store is, is one of the details I like. You'll see a red sleigh out there, sort of giving you, you know, right as soon as you walk up, the idea that this is taking place in Christmas time in the Northeast somewhere. Now, George, maybe you can help me out with this because I tried finding out what the significance of the name Woodwright is, because the third store store's name definitely has significance. And, yes, I, I tried asking cast members, and, again, it was, hey, buddy, are you going to buy a Christmas ornament or not? I, I mean, not that they came out with by saying that. They looked at me, and they just didn't know. So do you know of any sort of uh, you know, Disney affiliation or association with the name Woodwright? I
1: thought you were coming up with that one. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. I looked through some of the earlier history books I've got about it. I, unless it's associated with an early cartoon, I mean – I even looked on the website of that guy from PBS, the Woodwright shop, just to see if he had any association. There was nothing there. It's just one of those things that just uh, – there's unless it's generic.
2: Well, for, for the guy <laughs> or, or woman that is yelling at the iPod or the car stereo right now that knows, come on, Lou, I can't believe you forgot who Woodwright is, please email me or call me. Call the voicemail and yell at me and George if you like and let us know who Woodwright is. But obviously yes. inside, this is – a carpenter's sort of workshop, and I I love the details in here. One of my favorites anywhere in the parks is there's a a little uh, carved Pinocchio puppet up on the shelf. There's also some other toys and some chairs, um, some tools and and dolls. A lot of wood carving tools you'll find either up on the walls, and if you actually look by the cash register stand, um, you'll see that there's, there's cords of wood and some woodworking tools there as well.
1: Yeah, it's it's a beautiful. It's just I love the whole Christmas shop. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a great little area, and the fact that they transfer. It's one of those things where, thinking back, I wish we could have visited in the '70s. I mean, I thought you said this way back. Machine had air conditioning. Um, <laughs> to head back there and see what they had changed to get some more detailed pictures of it, because they did such a good job with theming now. Right. I'd really enjoy it, but yeah, I imagine he was some toy maker, perhaps. Something yeah, like and, and I think and again, thing?
2: I think that the Pinocchio detail there is just exceptional. But the yeah. third and the final shop of these three buildings, um, these three that that apparently look to be two story buildings, but obviously only one story shops, is a tailor's shop. And inside, you'll find not a George Taylor, but you'll find yeah. shirts I got and thread. <laughs> it's not George, <laughs> trust me. Um, exactly, scissors, um, a lot of pieces of fabric on the wall. And if you walk out the opposite. And door, the door on the left-hand side that sort of takes you underneath where the Liberty Tree is. And turn around and look back. You'll see right by the door there is a little plaque there. It's a blue heart with two flowers, and it says Keppel. And Keppel is spelled K-E-P-P-L-E, and it says underneath it, established 1779. Now, Keppel is actually a name that people who are fans of Walt and his history should know because Keppel was the name of Walt's paternal grandfather. That was Keppel Disney, who married Mary Richardson, and obviously they had Walt and Roy's dad, who was Elias Disney.
1: Wow. That's amazing, the The extent of your knowledge is just astounding. <laughs> See, wow. it's
2: amazing what you learn by listening to the to the four hour long wdw radio show. oh i'm supposed to be listening to this (laughs) again i know you only listen to the ones that you're on so
1: exactly it's like (laughs) i check every week i'm not on this week i'm not going to listen to it um
2: (laughs) so but yeah i mean that that's i I love these three shops not just for what's sold inside but again the, the story and the detail um like that little keppel sign that i think most people walk by and don't take the time to notice
1: that's great. Yeah, it's a nice little shop. It's in a perfect little area, and I mean, part of the inspiration for that whole area was, of course, that Walt always wanted to have uh, a Liberty Square or an Edison Square at Disneyland. Never got the chance, so the Imagineers were able to put it, you know, at Disney World, of course, coinciding with the bicentennial. But it's just such a wonderful area. And as we mentioned earlier, besides Adventureland, it's probably my favorite spot once you get past the funnel cakes. So, I we're agree. Good. I agree. We're but
2: good. you know, I, I just thought while we were talking about the Christmas shop, we maybe we should just point out a couple of the other Christmas shops in the area. Because if you are gonna do your Christmas shopping and maybe just uh, you, you your hands are full of funnel cake and you can't quite shop <laughs> there. There's a couple of other well themed shops around property that, that I wanted to point out. And the first one is It's a Wonderful Shop and that's over at Disney's Hollywood Studios. That's by Muppet Vision 3D. Again, it's a very small shop. Um, it's very nicely themed inside. Obviously, it kind of carries over that movie set theme, which sort of got the, the can light hallying, hanging from the ceiling, some old artwork hanging on the walls. But what I like about this, and I think um, you know, becomes a big photo op for people, is if you look outside, it says that it's supposed to be in an old Parkside antique shop. But outside, no matter what year it is, what year it is, what time of year it is, there's always (laughs) snow on the ground with footprints and an old sled and the snowman.
1: Exactly. And it's always, you know, uh, it's a great photo op for me. You know, my kids hate it, but I always get near it and shiver and force them to take a picture and they're like, yeah, Dad, let's move on. Um. When do you stop (laughs) becoming a tourist?
2: When is this not your first time?
1: (laughs) (laughs) As soon as I, you know, know know who the wood right is, then we'll be okay from there. But Yes, it's it's of course it's a great shop to visit and enjoy. A little bit smaller, not right. as not as uh, cutesy as the as the one in Liberty Square with all the detail. But you know, I, I just never get past the snowman. So, right. and I'm usually so excited after the Muppet Vision movie. So, but uh,
2: <laughs> right. But if you if you are a Christmas fan and you are looking to get your special ornaments and cards and stockings and Christmas village and and everything else that you can possibly think of that. Uh, is tied in with Disney and Christmas. Obviously you have to go down to downtown Disney, to the marketplace, to Disney's days of Christmas. Uh, This shop is a little bit out of the way. It's kind of by the carousel near the rainforest cafe, undoubtedly by far the biggest and the best Christmas shop uh, in, in Walt Disney world from the second that you approach it, you get the sense that it's Christmas again, even if it's in the middle of June during one of those Florida rainstorms. (laughs) You walk in first thing that you get in addition to the Christmas music is is that cinnamon smell. You get yes, that Christmas I was just smell when say you walk that in the smell.
1: door. Oh, that smell is wonderful. No matter what time of day <laughs> right. it is it in there, um, yeah. It, that the, the 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 Disney Days of Christmas is just a fantastic store. I mean, talked about how many doors that the old Christmas shop has. Uh, this is set up in a funny L shape, and I can just get lost in there, just walking in a circle. But it is a great place to get. Personalization done, right? Oh, it's a great place to get personalization. In any ornament you could ever wish for, any of the toy ornaments that we talked about, any crystal ornament you can find it there. And I have never been in that shop, Lou, when it wasn't crowded. Always people,
2: exactly. Buy crystal ornaments. Any time of year, any time of any year, th- and and I think it's because of the unique merchandise that they have there, and the fact that you can get things personalized by hand. You can get things engraved by hand in the back, and. What I like about the store, uh, from a purely geek perspective, is how it's decorated. Uh, You know, on one side of the store, sort of closer to the carousel, it looks like a living room, and there's a fireplace, a big stone fireplace there. And then farther along, if you look very, very carefully, uh, you'll see that there's sort of a a round display with a lot of stockings, uh, sort of green legs. And as you sort of start looking your way up, look at the ceiling, and you'll see that you're supposed to be underneath a giant, you know, the boughs of a giant Christmas tree with the Christmas lights hanging in there.
1: Sorry, I was thinking in my brain going, yeah, okay, have I seen those before? <laughs> I don't think I was looking up enough at that part in time. Look up, so my man. By, I was so excited at the shiny baubles and the bright <laughs> lights. And You're very that,
2: easily distracted, I understand.
1: Well, and knowing that Goofy's Candy Company is just a few steps away as well, I was oh, God, getting well, the rush that, of the candy true. again. Um, well, you, you mentioned the Rainforest Cafe. Sorry. Got your food in there. But, yeah, it, it's the fact that the matter, I would never get past looking how they've got the store divided up. It's so wonderfully done and it's such a great feeling. And, I, you know, I know, of course, spending several hours in there, I think uh, the, the smell, I might, you know, <laughs> become allergic to cinnamon all of a sudden. <laughs> but it, it's the one place to go if you're going to make a stop to get. Any type of Christmas ornament that you want, as you mentioned the personalization. But
2: wow, I'm gonna have to go back now and say, "Look, kids." Look now, up. now, so. <laughs> speaking of kids, speaking of kids, here's something else that I'll bet you did not know about the Days of Christmas shop. You okay. obviously know the the English Christmas carol of the Twelve Days of Christmas. I, I, I hope by now you do. Well, <laughs> in the store, they actually sort of tell that with a little bit of a Disney touch and I think most guests aren't aware of that because hidden hidden throughout the store there are 12 scrolls both inside and outside the stores and if you go and talk to a cast member they'll allow your kids the opportunity to sort of go exploring and try and find them all. So for example under the decorated tree that I was telling you about with the, the limbs with all the Christmas lights on it there is the first day of Christmas and you'll see it's Mickey in a Yule tree. But if you keep... Searching around for these other scrolls, you'll find two Tweedledees, four Chiming Bells, seven Dwarves of Mining, nine Genies flying, ten minis of Dancing, no I'm not going to sing it, and twelve <laughs> Fairies of Flitting. And if your child goes through, finds all of them at the end of the quest, not only do they get a free Magical Moments certificate, but they also get a free Mickey-shaped ornament. So Fantastic. it gives your kids something fun to do with cast members. I mean, the cast members will join in with the kids if they want while you guys go off shopping or sneak out to Goofy's Candy Company, so it gives them a sort of chance to to explore on their own little mini adventure and something for them to do while you're shopping for potentially hours on end.
1: Exactly, that's what I was thinking. It's going to keep the kids busy while you're waiting on your personalization for your <laughs> ornaments.
2: Oh, that is great! I have to.
1: Now it's kids only.
2: Uh, you know, kid is a relative term. I'm sure if you okay. want to do it, okay. they'll give you a magical moment certificate as I well. I
1: because they won't let me up on that Jedi stage. You and me both. That's it. A- Exactly. That's a different DSI or different scene altogether that we can't do with one of those. um, But, you know, we've talked about some of the different Christmas locations, but I wonder if we could have a little visit from the uh, Shop of Christmas Past. Absolutely. Ghost of Christmas Past Shopping. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure how we can talk about that. But one of the coolest stores that unfortunately is no longer in existence was the Christmas Chalet which was uh, located at the Village Marketplace, which is now downtown Disney, and uh, where the World of Disney Store is. Right. And, of course, the chalet, you get that A-frame design, you think, you know, Swiss skiing house. Um, For all of the listeners out there, I do have to, you know, take a personal moment. It's where um, my wife and I on our first vacation bought our first Disney ornament together. I mean, it's... uh, Okay, I'll back to tears. I'm okay. Um, it was such a nice moment. <laughs> <Yeah>. Where uh,
2: <laughs> well, for you but, guys maybe, but move on for the rest yeah, of us. <laughs> for
1: everybody else, they are like fast forward. Let's go past it. But it was uh, unfortunately they it was it was raised in uh, '96 for the Disney Store, but uh, it, it was also part of a pottery place before that, where you could actually have somebody um, they would uh, fire and throw the clay and make something for you, and. Uh,
2: Fire and, uh, fire and throw is that is that the uh, the technical yes. term? Yes, yes. People, people yes, want to throw fire you in their, throw. people want to throw you in their kiln right now. It's, it's <laughs> not
1: exactly that way. It's throwing and then fire and I guess you know I'm not a potter. Let's talk about Harry Potter. But what they did is um, the the village. They also you know they had they had seasonal window displays that they did in the store, telling the Christmas Carol and like they have at the Emporium. The different displays, and trees decorated. You could actually get some personalization of your ornaments then. It wasn't on the scale of the uh, Disney Days of Christmas. But one of the interesting things is if you look at the west side, the west entrance, one of the older entrances where the bus stop is for uh, downtown Disney, closer to the the hotels, there's actually – a snow display with some characters there. I think they've got Mickey, and I think Donald is there. That was one of the original displays from the Christmas Chalet that they were able to save and move, which is another great photo op. You know, I get in front of it, stand and shiver, and my kids are like, "Yeah, Dad, whatever." <laughs> yeah, we did that but, already uh, in Liberty's. We did, yeah, it, we did we that did in the studios. We,
2: wasn't funny then. That not funny the now? Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but still, it's you know, it was one of the original ones that's now gone, and like I said, it, it holds a little spot in my heart. So.
2: That's okay. That's okay. Now, I actually remember not that shop as much as the old Christmas shop that used to be on Main Street, on the east side of Main Street. There was, Mm
3: -hmm.
2: you know, the shop that that I guess only sort of rivaled the, the Christmas chalet as far as the selection. But what they had was a scene in there as well. They had a little library scene in there with Mickey sort of curled up by a fire in front of the Christmas tree. And obviously it sold the same types of souvenirs and ornaments and tree toppers and, and wooden soldiers and things like that. But that was one of the very unique, very nice shops on that side of Main Street uh, that, that went away, uh, you know, 15, 20 years ago. I don't remember exactly what it was.
1: Or oh, sure. Yeah, all the changes that have happened on Main Street. Yeah. It's progress. Absolutely. It's progress. So. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, the Christmas stores that have come and gone. I guess we should have done the, <laughs> the segment based on that. So, But now, is this where we're breaking out the Christmas lists? This is right. This I, is- I, I, I want the monorail set finally.
2: I don't need all the colors. All right, wait. Before, no, wait, before you say, oh, okay, before I'm, you're going to go, go, ahead, go ahead, through go your list, you, you, we, we were talking about Christmas and shopping. Yes. So, obviously, you know, you've know, you been making up your Christmas list. You've, you've been making sure you're on the, the nice and not the naughty list. So, oh really? Well, hopefully for oh. your sake. So, oh, okay, yes. I, I think you know the parameters that I sort of went under, and hopefully you did as well. Was you can have anything; you can put anything on your list in the stores on property that you can put on your list, or maybe anything on property that, if someday it was to be sold, you, you might want to have
1: Polynesian Hotel. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, sorry, I can't have the whole thing. Uh, okay, I apologize. That only
2: well, if I mean- you only if you give me Park Place and Boardwalk. Oh, okay. Okay, <laughs>
1: sure. Park, no, it would be in the beach club. <laughs> right. <laughs> right? Uh, I don't know where to get that far. But, uh, oh, gosh, I know it was so difficult because I'm thinking, can I have the real monorail? Because, you know. Within They reason. saw that to Within me. Within reason. Within reason. <laughs> no, I've always wanted the monorail set. I always walk by it and think, uh, and I've got to feed my kids. they got to eat something at some point in time. Or I get distracted by the books. <laughs> you know, have I got those books? So I want the monorail set. Is probably right now top of my list. Just because I, I've just been jonesing for it for a long time, and if we go back in time, there was this really cool Weeble Wobble set from the '70s of the Magic Kingdom. I really want that, but you I know, know you, you know, Weebles, we Weebles wobble,
2: but they don't fall down. Yeah,
1: well, but you said we can't bring stuff back in the way the way back. We can't machine.
2: bring stuff back on the Wayback machine. That that is one yeah. of the, uh, the now. I will tell you, George, I actually have the monorail set, and I have the Polynesian. And I've got the contemporary, and I've oh. got the castle. And it is one of my favorite things to set up during Christmas time. And it's one of the things that people that come to my house uh, talk about the most because it it talks. How do you keep the
1: kids away from it?
2: Well, you know, that was tough. Um, Again, usually the people that are coming to my house are are usually family services because I'm tasering my kids to keep them away from the monorail set. (laughs) Toys. Um, Yeah, originally it was trying to keep the cat away because he would chase the monorail around and then my my young son thought it was a toy and realized it was one of daddy's collectibles. So it's been put away for a year or two. We might try and take it back out again this year, but I love collecting the monorails and building the tracks and then as it gets bigger and bigger so you can put some of these little playset pieces in there because there's also attractions that you can put in there as well. Mm -hmm. There's a haunted mansion, there's a Dumbo, there's a lot of things that you can add to the playset as well. So... Well, that's no. what I meant the whole thing, all of it. You want it all in one shot. I want it all in one all shot. All colors, everything.
1: Everything all in one shot, ready to go and and set up for me and where I can be king of the world. Don't have to do anything.
2: No, setting it up is setting it up is, is, is it part is part of fun? the fun. Yeah. That is definitely okay. part of the fun. So,
1: Cuz you know, I had an, uh, a model train set when I was a kid and it was frustrating, but that's okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I think we we'll have a lot so. of issues that we need to resolve on a separate <laughs> on a separate segment. But I will, um, I'll tell you, I had a tough time as well trying yeah. to think of, of things. But one thing that I would probably put on my Christmas list, and um, you know, with sort of the caveat that I get all the new pieces as they come out as well, Santa is the Robert Olszewski Main Street USA collection. These are small miniature architectural, very very accurate architectural models representing all the buildings on Main Street in the Magic Kingdom. Um, there's also characters as well. You can get some of the little cars. There's Town Square. There's the Emporium. There is the Exposition Hall, the Confectionery George, obviously one of your places. Yeah. They are beautiful, beautiful. Represent- I mean, you can get you know, light sets for them and everything else. The castle itself is just simply spectacular.
1: Yeah, I've seen pictures of it and a very good friend of mine... Do a shout-out to Matt. Hey, Matt. Has the entire Olshevsky collection, and he, of course, won't let me near it. I can stand back and see it from about five feet. He's got a perimeter, but it is astounding to see the whole thing put together. It is absolutely amazing. And, yeah, okay, I can see that. That does trump my monorail dream. That does trump my <laughs> monorail dream. Are we going to one-up it and, like, well, I want, I want keys to Goofy's candy company. <laughs> um, yeah.
2: No, it's not a contest. Just things that, that you might oh, okay, like on okay, your list. Okay.
1: Well, then you know I always always pick up a mug. I need a I need a Disney mug. I need a Disney tie. You know, there's different little things like that. Every Disney book that comes out, um, popcorn served to me every day from Main Street. I mean, I'm not asking for too much, right? No,
2: no, you're not shooting for the stars. So no, no,
1: not at all. I mean, you know, free hotel rooms, free Time, annual pass. Times
2: are tough even for Santa as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, um, I I continue to think about things that I, I might normally not be able to, to afford or can justify or explain to my wife on my own. So <laughs> I said the Walt Disney Classic Collection, those are the, the collectible little figurines that you see in the glass cases um, in places like the Emporium and World of Disney. Uh, the entire set of all the Peter Pan figures. Um, yeah. Obviously, I'm a big Peter Pan fan. Um, I have one. That I, that I sort of treated myself to, and would and would love to get the whole set. Um, obviously, I'd also love to get one of the custom watches from the watch artists. I've had Jason Zucker. I talk about him all the time. He's the watch artist over at Sunset Club Couture. They're, they run about a couple of hundred dollars, but to have a Disney artist create a custom watch with a character that I like, you know, for you know two hundred dollars or so frame the watch with the full-size picture that they draw, that they draw for it um, is something that I would love to add to my collection and um, just sort of the the you know, if I can dream it I can have it thing. I'd love to have, again, don't ask me what I would do with it, but a Doom Buggy or a Horizon <laughs> oh, yes. ride Vehicle. Any sort of attraction memorabilia. Those are the collectibles that to yes. me, just the one of a... Co- again, those silly little Mr. Toad plywood cutouts that are painted... I'd love to have one.
1: And, and would you have them set up in your hallway so when visitors came, they kind of jumped out at them <laughs> and, and you know, flew out, and black lights came on? Uh, see, I sound like Tim Foster now. Yeah, like, I'm going to pick on all my guests. No, I, I can see what you're saying. I, see, I wasn't dreaming that big that we would actually get, like, attraction vehicles and stuff like that. And I'm wondering, could you actually sleep in a Splash Mountain log? I I'm sure You, you could probably
2: hollow one out and, and, and yeah. do it. How's that okay. for something for your son's bedroom?
1: Well, I was thinking my bedroom.
2: Wow, well, listen.
1: Yeah, I, I can hear my <laughs> Explain wife that just to your Yeah,
2: wife.
1: <laughs> yeah well, I'd be sleeping alone at that point. So um the uh yeah, but you know, anything as you mentioned in the Art of Disney store would be okay. Yeah. And, and and you know, where are we gonna have people ship all this stuff to? Is there a post office box that we can use?
2: <laughs> there or? is. There's the uh the WDW radio international headquarters <laughs> that they can uh, <laughs> <International
1: headquarters. laughs> We even pay for shipping for some of this stuff. That's right. But yeah, there's so many great collectibles out there that you could just get, and uh, that's okay. Just have to build another extension on the house. You know, my books already take up you know
2: one room, and I just go from there. Uh, sure, but, I'm sure. But it's you know, listen, I'm happy that you came on. You you see, George Taylor is more than just about books, uh, and and if you love the holidays, if you love Christmas time and Christmas ornaments, not only are there a lot of places to shop in and around property, both inside the theme parks and out, but all of them are very rich in detail, rich in story, and again, I invite you and encourage you to look up and explore uh, some of the the wonderful details and some of the rich history that a lot of these places have, and uh, George Taylor, the head nerd over at Imagineerding.com, I want to thank you again for coming on and taking low these two, three hours and exploring (laughs) Christmas shopping in the parks with me.
1: Well, I thought it was an all-expense-paid vacation, but I guess not. It's just <laughs> the wayback machine, just like my computer chair. Wow, <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> so, no, Lou, it was fantastic. Uh, it, I even learned a few things. I bow down to the master, and uh, uh, you know, appreciate all the hard work you do with the DSIs I's getting them ready because you make me sound better than I am. But thank you, Lou. It was a lot of fun.
2: So I learned a lot about um, about you as as well, like yes, it or not. God. So <laughs> thanks a lot, buddy. I appreciate it. Bye. many months and maybe even years at this point, we've done many top 10 lists and some that deal with attractions or places, memories, even sounds and smells. And while many have dealt with the tangible, others have dealt with some things that you might not necessarily be able to touch, see, or dare I say, even eat. And this week, well, this week's top 10 might top the list of top 10s As far as those that are very subjective, as well as hard to quantify. For this week, Samantha Foster joins me as we discuss (laughs) discuss our top ten gulp sentimental moments in Walt Disney World. Those things that just get you all teary-eyed. And joining me, as always, is the man that I promise I will strangle if he gets me all choked up and makes me cry on my own show. (laughs) Tim, celebrate good times. Come on, Foster.
4: Thanks. I, I think it's going to be a race as to who cries first. I'm not, but I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it.
2: <laughs> I, I, listen, I'm going to preface this segment by saying that I am very cautiously doing this top 10. As I say <laughs> they may very well be putting my entire masculinity at risk. So,
4: you have a box of tissues right there. I do. I do you're a little hanky already.
2: That being said, I, I am comfortable with it. And, and if look, if some of you say that you never get a little choked up while in Walt Disney World, well, clearly you, you didn't eat enough. Um, but listen, so Liar. <laughs> liars. That's don't call the listeners liars. It's so um, not good. That's not fip, the way to sell fip. copies of Guide to the Magic, just so you know. <laughs> there you
1: go.
2: So... Ah. I, You know, like I said, Tim, this is, is, I think, a very subjective list, and everybody's list is going to be very different. But what I wanted to do was not necessarily take specific moments from my personal experiences, but look at things that I think generally elicit an emotional response from people, whether you're man, woman, and child. And, you know, we say top ten, so what I think we'll do is I'll do five, and you'll do five, and hopefully that's going to let me get through this list without completely embarrassing myself.
4: All right. Um, well, I think what I'm going to start with, this is kind of a, the overall moment. and it, for, it's, for me, it's the moment when you arrive at Walt Disney World. And I know to a lot of people that means a lot of different things. And for me, I was actually thinking about it. And when I'm down there, it's not so much when I'm first in the park and when I first get a glimpse of Cinderella Castle or Spaceship Earth. I actually find my most... Uh, dare I say, emotional moments occur...
2: At baggage claim.
4: At, at baggage claim. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, you're not far You're not far from the truth. They actually happen at, at kind of strange times. It, it's actually the moment when I'm there and I realize I am here. I'm at Walt Disney World. And it usually occurs... Uh, if I'm staying at a NAPCOT resort, it occurs when I walk out and I walk onto the boardwalk and I realize, here I am, this is it. Or when I'm on a launch boat heading over to the Magic Kingdom... Uh, or on the monorail, especially the monorail, as I do the resort loop and here, the, um, you know, description of the Grand Floridian Resort and and all those things. And and I was trying to figure out why that is. And um, and I think it, it really comes down to it's the realization that I'm here. I'm not just at a particular park. I'm not at a particular place. I'm in this whole new world, and I'm going to be here for a few days a week, whatever it is. And this is. Uh, uh, dare I say my utopia and this is and this is it and, um, and uh, as I said it hits me at weird moments usually when I'm by myself and it's quiet outside and I'm heading to the park or wherever
2: I, I agree and I think that this necessarily shouldn't even be part of each of our top five because I had this yeah. as well as sort of an overall thing because I, I think we all feel this way and at different times obviously for you it's You know, when you see Beaches and Cream in the distance, you know that you're there. For me, getting to Walt Disney World is when I'm arriving at the Magic Kingdom. You know, knowing that you're there and and that's your home, as many of us, I think, feel that way. And we all sort of get that little smile, maybe not, you know, outwardly, but internally, when you get on the monorail. And admit it, you, you know you walk just a little bit faster as you approach the Magic Kingdom entrance, and then, you know, then when you see the castle... I don't care if it's your first time or thousandth time. And look, I go often enough to say this comfortably, that that seeing the castle for the first time, whether it's your first trip or your ten thousandth trip, is a moment. And it and it always, I think, it always will be a moment. And people say, well, you know, you go so often, don't you lose the magic? Absolutely not. And I think when I see Cinderella Castle and I smile, um, and you do get maybe a little bit even choked up. Um, yeah, that that's definitely a moment, and, and hopefully people are not laughing at me, but in, in agreement. So now let's start the sort of quote unquote official <laughs> top five each, top ten, you know, combined list, and uh, and I will defer to you to go first.
4: Hey, right, wait a minute! I need a I need a moment. <laughs> wow, that was a... Fast uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree totally. Uh, well, I think well, for my first uh, one, I'm going to uh, I'm going to go back in time a little bit. Um, Spaceship Earth me is one of my favorite attractions of all time and i do love a lot of the enhancements that they recently made to it but the one thing that i dearly dearly miss is uh the descent and in particular the city of the future that was all lit up with the uh, with the oh i don't know hundreds of thousands of lights it seemed like i know it wasn't that many but it sure seemed like it but more more than that even was the music that you heard as you made that descent, and that, without a doubt, is one of the m- most emotional times I ever have in any of the rides, and I, and I really, really miss it, and I hope, I hope one day cross my fingers. Maybe they'll bring it back one day. Okay. But I even tried to record it on my phone. You're going to send me the, 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 the music file, aren't you?
2: <laughs> no, but I'm going <laughs> to ask you, are you a Jeremy Irons guy or are you a Walter Cronkite guy?
4: Jeremy Irons, and I, in fact, lost a bet on that to my wife. <laughs> Once, because she, uh, I, we didn't realize who when when first opened. I didn't realize who it was, and she said, "That's Jeremy Irons." I said, "No, it's not." And I, I think I owe her two weeks of doing the dishes. I don't think I paid up yet, but I'll
2: be. Sure I definitely I'm, uh, yeah. am. Yeah,
4: definitely am a Jeremy Irons guy. I'm definitely uh miss miss the narration. I don't dislike the new one, but I, I do the uh, door the old one, and we'll always rem- that that's my spaceship. Birth those those years. So.
2: Oh, I'm with you. I'm with you, yeah. but my um. The first one on my list, I'm going to sort of, um, I'm going to allow you to sort of pick your flavor here. And whether it's Illuminations with, it's just such incredibly powerful music, or for me, Wishes. uh, You know, pick your nighttime fireworks show. But for me, there's something about Wishes and the dialogue and the classic Music and the children singing at the end, um, there is still something about that show that always does it for me. And you know, whether I'm with my wife or with my kids or, or just with friends, um, there, there's something about that show that I just find very moving. And, and you sort of You know, you end the night with that, and uh, you you go home just a little bit happier um, than maybe maybe you even came. So, unless you're one of those guys with the kids who are now tired, and it's 100 degrees, and you're carrying (laughs) the diapers and the stroller and all that kind of stuff, but wishes or illuminations, I think um, you know, sort of could be put together as one as far as the the nighttime shows.
4: Yeah. Well, I'll steal your yours as wishes. Mine is most definitely illuminations, and it's. Uh, as you said, it's it's the music, it's the spectacle. Uh, my favorite moment is is uh, the f- the false ending at the end when the the globe opens up, and then the, and then the music swells again, and you have the massive fireworks at the end. And it, especially that one of my most beloved gifts I've ever gotten. My daughter got me one on one of our trips there. She got me the Illumination soundtrack, and to this day I can put it in my car and listen to it. And and by gosh, if I don't get to that spot and I'm, I'm grabbing for a, a, don't I have a tissue in here somewhere in the car? And, you know, it, 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 that's how powerful the music is. We've talked about this many times how powerful the music is at Walt Disney World. And that's a case where just even hearing the music at home does it for me and it takes me right back to that spot.
2: And do you know how many people say all the time that I'm in my car and I'm listening to illuminations, or it's nine o'clock yeah. and I'm putting on the illumination soundtrack, or I'm at work and just an awful day? And I put on Illuminations, and it just, like you said, it's a testament to the power of that single piece of music um, that I think is just is makes it um, so so incredible. I mean, it's beyond the fireworks; it's really the music that makes it. Um, <laughs> so, uh, your turn or my turn? Your turn. <laughs> all right. Um, I, I kind of this one is sort of. I know I'm giving the lawyer answers for all these, but this one sort of is a is a is a multiple as one, but. For me, I think, and again, it's going to especially take you back to to Main Street or or the Magic Kingdom specifically. But watching a parade on Main Street with your husband, your wife, your boyfriend, girlfriend. But more importantly, if you have children and that very first time you watch them watch the parade and watch their eyes light up and, and wave, hoping that Cinderella waves back and that look on their face when she does um, You know, my daughter will never remember When or why I hugged her the way that I did <laughs> The first time she saw it And she will never remember it And she was very, very young But she, you know, the music and the people and, the, and everything else for her But, I mean, I did it with You know, a red face and tears in my eyes And I know that my wife got it And we sort of just gave each other that look And uh, I think I just got kicked out of Fight Club so
4: (laughs) (laughs) i'll vouch for you buddy um yeah that that's i hear you on that one um my next one let's see i think i'm going to go over this i I hope people don't find this one too unusual but this one's over at the one man's dream exhibit at the hollywood studios and what it is for me is the the end film of walt disney And, uh, you know, the the history in his life and so forth. And just there are moments where I I just get choked back a little bit. And I guess it's, um, again, I'm not sure why. Probably just thinking of the the man that's behind this and realizing the history and the the imagination and and, and everything that he brought. And he was such an amazing person. Um, Just chokes me up a little bit and I, and it's funny because it kind of leads to a, a weird moment I had the other day. I was watching um, Meet the Robinsons and at the end of the film they have, a, right before the credits roll up, they pull up a quote by Walt Disney and for some reason when his name illuminated, I, I went oh, oh, you know, I got a little weepy about that for the same reason I guess, just realizing the man behind all of this that we love and adore so much.
2: Dude, come here and give me a hug. Come on, give me a big manly. <laughs> and you know what? How fitting that we're recording this on Walt's birthday.
4: Happy birthday.
2: Absolutely. See? And and I'm See? I'm with you yeah. with the film and I'm totally with you with Meet the Robinsons. I love the movie. I love to keep moving forward that that is a mantra that I live by and you're right. That that simple little, you know, it's a throwaway when and I just, don't
4: know why it did that to me. I was yeah. just sitting
2: there and I just, oh my god! Because gosh. those guys, so. are, they know what they're doing. And yeah, they they're, know, pretty good, they're pretty yeah. good at pretty kind of. <laughs> Yeah. So, <laughs> so for my next one, I couldn't really um, figure how to describe this one. And, and I'm going to say that I think for all of us, there's probably an attraction, um, a single attraction maybe that, has a certain moment for you a certain meaning whether it's your first date or where you propose to your wife or, and I think It's a Small World probably has meaning for everybody whether it's the ride you remember going on as a kid or the ride that you joke about when you get off but you still have to kind of go on every time or the music and and, and for some reason after I've talked to Richard Sherman I, I have such a greater appreciation of that attraction and the music and I listen so much more intently or differently, but the one that I'm going to point out is actually Soren. And believe it or not, Soren gets me in a way maybe than it does other people. It's beyond just wow, this is a really thrilling ride and I have this feeling of flight, but the music, it moves me. And the visuals give me such a sense of freedom and makes me so proud to be an American. I don't know how else to describe it. And Yes, there are times on Soren, you know, thankfully people are sitting side by side and not facing each other because, you know, go ahead, Tim, you're next. <laughs> so,
4: I don't know, there was one time I thought I heard someone gently sobbing on there, maybe, I guess that was
2: you. That was only me because they took my <laughs> funnel cake away, I wasn't allowed to actually <laughs> oh, oh, bring it on oh. the ride, yeah, that's, that's a, something else entirely. <laughs>
4: Yeah, before I do my next one, I just want to uh, second your "It's a Small World." That that does it for me too. And it's funny because obviously that's that's the ride that for non Disney folk that's the one we probably get the most grief over that we say we like and so forth. But
2: and at this point in the in the in the segment, yeah. let me just say that if we were in high school, we would so get beaten up tomorrow at school <laughs> if anybody. But that's heard why that.
4: it's well, <laughs> so, I still might, but we'll see how it goes here. Um, but even my, my uh, stepfather loves It's a Small World, too, and he would, he would uh, second your, your thoughts on that. Absolutely, too. So um, I think for my next one, though, we're going to go out of the parks for a second and we're going to head over to one of the resorts. And one of uh, my f- family's favorite resorts is the Wilderness Lodge. And this is, this is actually more for my wife than for me, even though this applies to me, too. But um, the moment that we walk into the Wilderness Lodge lobby... Uh, is is this pretty powerful moment for us because it's so grand and it's so huge and it's so beautiful is, is the only way to describe it and and that's probably another one of those realizations that wow we're here um, but to, to us especially that Wilderness Lodge probably more than the other resorts do that to us just because it's such a, a jaw dropping sight as you walk through the doors and see especially at Christmas time which I'm so looking forward to in about a week or so so
2: and, and, you know, as you were saying this, I, I was thinking and, and something I didn't even put in my notes, but this is it. Like, this is what differentiates Walt Disney World than any other. Tell me anybody else that goes to another park down the street and feels this way when they walk into the hotel or when they walk into an attraction or they or they walk up to a show. It just doesn't happen anywhere else but here. Yeah. I don't know what my point was of that, but I just needed to get that on. I out. don't know. I,
4: <laughs> agree with I agree with you totally. But it goes back to, like, what is it about it? And we've talked about it so much. It's it's not just a park. It's not just a hotel. It's a it's a whole other world, for yeah. lack of a better word.
2: If you want to break out into a whole new world in song, please feel free. It's a hu- Oh, yeah, that's a song, isn't it? <laughs> so, all right. So for my, <laughs> <clears throat> for my next one, I, I thought of of shows and I sort of separated these from attractions. And I will tell you that believe it or not Tim, Festival of the Lion King over at Disney's Animal Kingdom, that end celebration actually gets to me. During that whole Circle of Life scene and the music and the kids that are up and the, the you know the, the the people who are dancing, it's just there's something about that that I think is is powerful and again it's, it's a testament to the to the strength of the music and the performers. And honestly, I don't know why but there were parts of the great movie ride montage that do it for me as well. And and what the heck they're pumping into that building, I don't know. But when it comes to shows, just, just, just eking out the American adventure. And and I admit that not a time goes by that I do not well up during that montage. And thank God it's dark in there. And I think every American needs <laughs> to go see that every time they go. Is fine. We can still
4: hear you, though. You're, yes,
2: that's true. I yes. try and sit way in the back. But... Yes. Finding Nemo the musical. Um, I, I think and again we, you know we covered this a few weeks ago on the show. Glenn and I and talked about it and, and even more so now that I'm a parent, um, there's something about a few lines in there. you know when when Marlin says Nemo you know love your dad and he goes, love your son ah forget it. I, I lo- I'm done. And when Crush says to squirt in this very upbeat song, he's like, you're such an amazing kid. I've I've looked at my kids and, you know, again they're like dad. What what is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> they'll get it. They'll they'll get it. They will get it. And, and I think um, I think for those of us that are parents, um, you know, relatively new parents. My kids are, are three and five. Um, you might appreciate that even more on another level. So,
4: right. Um, my last one. I think run our last one by yeah. now. I'm counting. Right. Um, and I hope
2: so. <laughs> Excellent.
4: my last one uh kind of plays off of yours and i'm kind of going to i'm going to cheat a little bit on this one and i'm going to go totally out of the parks but to something that's just as important to the disney uh, empire is is the films and i could go and i won't but i could go through each and every film and pick out my most tear jerky moment if you will but just just a few that really get to me and, the, and these are actually recent films uh the, in Mulan, the scene where she's sitting with her dad and he references the blossoms, you know, looking beautiful, but she's beautiful. And and I think, to your point, I think a lot of the moments that we're talking about are really parent child moments, kind of in disguise. And for me, that's definitely one, because all I can do is think of my daughter while he's talking to her. And uh, that gets a bit teary, very teary, actually. And uh, next one this is weird and someone can explain to me why I get teary at this point I'd appreciate it because it's kind of freaking me out is in, is in Ratatouille <laughs> and the moment when Anton Ego takes his bite of Ratatouille and is transported back to his childhood i lose it I don't know why I'd lose it and, I, and it's funny because I'll watch the movie and I'll know it's coming and away I'll go and my daughter will look at me and just go what are you doing but uh, I'm saving my all time favorite for last, and it's my most tear jerky moment in any Disney movie is in Toy Story 2 when Jesse sings When She Loved Me. And even right, see, I couldn't even get through that. You might have heard me <laughs> warble right there. And I absolutely lose it when I hear that song. From my mind, it should have been the best song of the year 2000, not that. Phil Collins song from that other Disney movie that, uh, with that ape guy, whoever that was. Um, but uh, yeah, so anyway, it's, it's just the movies in general. Like you said with the shows, and it's the same thing with the movies, just, and I guess it's the whole experience. It's the music, it's the emotion, it's the. And I, I said, I think it's a lot of the, the parent child, and you see a lot of yourself in you. And like you and I both, we, I'm sure we think about our children a lot of times, when we're seeing these things, and I bet a lot of people out there think the same way a lot of it's even sharing moments with your children or seeing it through their eyes um, <sighs> I, need bra- I need a break need
2: a break you're you <So. laughs> are a thousand percent right and we could very easily do an entire segment about the movies themselves and you know it's funny because when you're talking about that and you're talking about movies that you wouldn't necessarily expect to, to feel that sort of an emotional thing i thought back to meet the robinsons because mm-hmm. when bowler hat guy thinks back to his childhood at the orphanage when nobody wants him and he's playing ball and he, you know, ruins it for the team. Again, it's, you know, it's a moment and you're right. It, it, all, it all goes back to that parent-child relationship, whether it's us as children and we're wanting to be children and, and those moments in Peter Pan that, that probably affect people or things in Mary Poppins, you know, about the relationships with, with the children and their parents. Um, there's so much to it. But my last one, um, is, is two words and it's very very self explanatory. Funnel um, cake? <laughs> it is funnel cake exactly. <laughs> cream spinach it's cream spinach. Oh boy. <laughs> no it's, um, it's, it's going home uh-huh. it is going home and again I don't care how many times you go I don't care if you are you know a DVC member and you live at Wilderness Lodge six months out of the year when it's time to go home um, it's a sad moment even though you know you're coming back or you've had such a great time, yeah. it is. And, and as soon as we leave, the first thing that we do is start planning our next trip and thinking about our next trip. And that's why things like podcasts and the internet and the forums are so great because it, it keeps us connected to this place that we love so much or, or even, you know, you know, new magazines that really give you a chance to experience the magic at home hey. each and every month. So, <laughs> But, <laughs> you know, and that's the thing. It, it could be things for you as a simple sound or a line from an attraction or music or something so personal to you that it's, it could just be a single, simple memory from your childhood that, that you went with your parents or, the like I said, the place you proposed or that place or, or song that was playing when you got dumped in Walters Disney World. Well, that might be your tear-jerking moment for you. Um, Did you
4: get dumped in Walt
2: Disney World? Well, please, let's not even go there. Anyway, (laughs) but if if, if any of you still have any respect for me at all, I I invite you to please share your moments or your places or your songs or your lines or attractions or or food items. I do get a little weepy at the sign of the Orville Redenbacher popcorn stand at the entrance to Main Street, but I ask you to please (laughs) go and post them in the forums or even better, call the voicemail and... Actually, if you can call while you're crying for added impact, <laughs> that would even be best. So um, That would be great. Tim, thank you for, I, uh, for such an emasculating list. Uh, I really but, but, do appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome.
4: I, Actually, you know, if, if I can throw in here because I had – before we move on, I, when you were talking about that, I kind of had an epiphany. And, yes, that word came up on my quarter-day calendar this morning um, about why a lot of this maybe makes us so tear-jerky because I was, I was trying to figure out as you were talking. And I think a lot of it has to do with not just the parent child thing but a sense of innocence that you have and I think as soon as I thought that I thought, yeah, that makes a lot of sense for me because it's whether you 're looking at Walt Disney or the world through your child 's eyes or you're realizing you're in Walt Disney World, which is a world away from the real world in a, a place where you can be uh, innocent and free from the stress and the and the the hardships and so forth of everyday life. I think that's what gets me the most is just for that brief moment in time, you can connect with the innocence you had at one point as a child, perhaps, but you're getting it again. And I think even when I see Walt Disney and hear him talk, I think maybe that's why it does it for me. Because here's a guy who, who did so many wonderful things that gave me this gift of letting me reconnect with my innocence, as you
2: and you like that? Uh, I do. And I actually <laughs> had innocence on, on my notes because that's exactly what it is. And I think that's maybe why all of us connect so well with each other because we allow ourselves to feel that again. And we're not too old or not too proud to, to feel like you know, we could be a kid again when we're there or when we're home or when we're anticipating our trip. So... Um, I look forward to seeing you and seeing you crying, hopefully, next week at MouseFest. Oh, that'll happen a lot. Yeah, I'm going to actually... Your table's going to be near mine, hopefully, at the Mega Mouse Meet on Saturday. I'm going to try and make you cry as often as possible. After which, from what I understand, you are heading over to Future World to to pay your respects, basically, to another tear-jerking moment, which is the closing of the original... Journey to Imagination, and then you're getting ready for ah. what are you calling it? Foster Mania, Foster Fe- Foster Palooza? Is that the name? Of That's your name? it, Foster Palooza. That's it. I have to go register at fosterpalooza.com.
4: Right. Well, actually, you might know it better as the Guide to the Magic for Kids Tour of EPCOT.
2: Yeah, but what's I like, better? Like what Foster looks better Palooza. on a shirt? Foster Palooza.
4: It's better be a big shirt. <laughs> <laughs> now, if anybody uh, is at Mouse Fest, uh, I would love to have everybody come out. What we're doing is. Um, we're meeting in Future World at the Upside Down Waterfall in Friendly Imagination Pavilion. And it it's a meet for kids and their parents. And we're going to tour a few rides, Spaceship Earth Nemo, Journey into Imagination, uh, crowds willing. And uh, we're going to have scavenger hunts and games and, and prizes and, and all kinds of fun. And, and crying. From, uh,
2: lots of crying. lot of crying. crying.
4: <laughs> although, although I preface this. If anyone's – I'm not sure how to say this. If anyone's heard me on the show and uh, – thinks for some misguided reason that I've gotten a reputation of making children scared or cry or anything I don't really do that so don't be scared of coming out We're, we'll have a lot of fun and uh, it starts at 5 o'clock it's for a couple hours and it's, it's on Saturday right after the meet and if anyone wants to come on out that would be great uh, if you do think you'll come out if you uh, want to visit guide to the just shoot me an RSVP that would be great because then we know how many prizes we can bring and how many stickers I need to print up, and so everyone can have a great time.
2: Awesome! And as long as you're here, and I'm going to put you on the spot, but I think it's oh, safe. I think it, it's safe for us to share a little bit of good news with with listeners as well about a uh, a certain magazine. Yeah. It's I, uh. It's, we we <laughs> didn't want to. T- we didn't want to say it too early because we wanted to make sure it was actually happening, but. Um, it's, it's happening. It's, it's happening. Happen- it's sh- happening. Issue number two is arriving in people's mailboxes today. Bagged. They are, oh, poly yes. ba- they, are pla- they are now in plastic bags with a sheet inside where your address is going to be on. So the magazine will arrive in pristine condition. No labels on the cover. No damage to the cover, God willing. And uh, and they should be arriving as you hear this.
4: Yep. Or if not, certainly within the next week or so, we should all have them. And it is our holiday issue and i i think we really did it up and and i hope when everybody gets it if nothing else it'll really put everyone in the holiday spirit because there's lots of holiday holiday i say hollywood or holiday i meant holiday um there's lots of holiday magic inside tons of pictures and articles and so forth and it was a lot of fun to put together and i hope everyone enjoys it
2: absolutely i i am actually looking forward to seeing it because (laughs) readers have emailed me today that they have it and I'm telling them that's great because I haven't actually seen it yet. But <laughs> So uh, I, too, am looking forward to, uh, to issue two. And obviously, if you want to subscribe to the magazine or order back issues of issue one or issue two, you can go to celebrationspress.com. Tim Foster's site is guidetothemagic.com. It soon will also be fosterpalooza.com. And uh, Tim, again, thanks for, for coming on on this, uh, on this, oh, what possibly may be our last top ten segment ever together. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> see, that's the thing that's going to make me cry the most.
2: <laughs> Buddy, I'll see you All next right. week.
4: Thanks. So make a wish, see it
3: Dare to do what dreamers do. Wish it-
2: It's time now to announce the winner of last week's Trivia Contest. Thank you all so much for playing. I really appreciate it. I'm overwhelmed by the number of entries that we get every week. You guys really seem to be enjoying this. And definitely, you guys know your stuff. That is without a doubt. Or you can Google very, very well. Anyway, as you recall, the questions from last week were all from the Wayback Machine. And the first question was, what was the original name of the Astro Orbiter? And of course, I meant in Walt Disney World... I apologize for any confusions. That was Star Jets. Star Jets was the original name. The second was, what was the motto of excess technology from the extraterrestrial alien encounter? For this one, I will actually take either seize the future or if something can't be done with excess, then it shouldn't be done at all. Chairman Clench, rest in peace. And the third one was, who was the hostess? ...of the Kitchen Cabaret Show, the show that had the whole town cooking over at the land. It was our good friend and somewhat depressed housewife, Bonnie Appetit, who sang about chasing those mealtime blues away. So, again, lots of right answers this week, but our winner this week is, from Maryland, Amy Vance. Amy, congratulations. Please send me your address. I'll get you out your prizes as soon as I get back from MouseFest... Remember, you won both Audio Guides to Walt Disney World on CD and a 2009 Walt Disney World page-a-day calendar. For those of you that did not win, thank you for playing. Congratulations. Again, because Mouse Fest is next week, I'm going to hold off on a contest this week, but I promise that I will pick it up again when I get back. And who knows? Well just stay tuned so thank you again for playing uh, to everybody who got these correct again I really enjoyed doing these games with you I will definitely continue these after I get back from Mousefest. thanks for tuning in again this week I hope you enjoyed the show Thanks also to my guests, George Taylor, he's at ImagineErding.com, and Top Ten Tim Foster, who's over at Guide to the Magic, as well as everybody who called the voicemail, emailed the show, and played in this week's contest. If you have a question you want read on the air, you can always email me at lou at wdwradio.com, but if you want to be heard, if you want to get on the air, call the new toll-free voicemail line at 888 888- 703 2171 that's 888-703-2171, you know I love it when you call in with feedback, questions, and especially when you call in right from the parks. Just wanted to remind you that even though it's December, I am still going on with my Thanksgiving sale, and you can still get your 2009 Walt Disney World Trivia page a day calendar for just $7 over at DisneyWorldTrivia.com. There you can also get signed copies of my Walt Disney World trivia books and my audio guides to Main Street USA and Adventureland. As Tim and I said in the earlier segment, Celebrations Magazine Issue 2 is out and it's on its way if you are a subscriber. If not, you can go and visit celebrationspress.com. You can order back issues of Issue 1 or 2, or you can subscribe right from there. And if you want to be a part of the magazine, if you have an idea for an article, want to submit a photo, By all means, send those to me as well at lou at wdwradio.com. Special thanks, as always, to my partners and sponsors, including Mouse Fan Travel. They are my official and recommended travel provider for all of your vacation planning needs. All Star Vacation Homes, they still have an exclusive discount for listeners where you can get a free rental car and $50 gas card. And Owner's Locker, they still have their offer going on $50 off the sign-up fee. You can find all those links and more on our show notes, on our homepage at wdwradio.com. As I've mentioned on the show, next week is Mouse Fest, and I will be down in Walt Disney World, but I promise you I will have a show out next Sunday. But if you are going to be down in Walt Disney World coming to any of the Mouse Fest events, I invite you to please come on by any or all of my meets. There's Pod Fest at the studios on Friday afternoon, my Illuminations meet Saturday night by the Tori Gate in Japan, and Trivia Fest on Sunday afternoon at the Magic Kingdom's Tomorrowland Terrace Noodle Station. There's links, information at mousefest.org, as well as in our show notes. Again, I invite you to please come on by, say hi. There's going to be lots of giveaways and prizes. Of course, I'm also going to have a table on Saturday at the Mega Mouse Meet at the Beach Club. So again, please come on by and say hi. I also want to just let you know, again, we are approaching show number 100, and I asked as part of our celebration of the 100th episode to help us meet 100% of our goal for the DisneyWorldTrivia.com Dream Team project. We have a page over at FirstGiving.com slash DWT Dream Team. Again, that link is in the show notes. We have about just $42,000 now. Our goal is 45 i would love to reach 100% of our goal by our 100th show. Again, anything you can do. To help out is sincerely, sincerely appreciated. It'll go a long way towards making a terminally or chronically ill child and their family's dream come true by being able to go to Walt Disney World. So... Anyway, on upcoming shows, lots of exciting things, more Wayback Machines, DSIs, special interviews, lots of surprises coming up, so please stay tuned. Remember, if you're a new listener, I invite you to go back, check out some of our earlier shows. Again, you can go to the show notes archive right at www.radio.com. Get an idea of what's on some of those shows. Again, a lot of them aren't really time-specific, so I think you might find some things that you like there. Remember to comment on or to talk about the show. You can visit the WDW Radio Show Forums over at DisneyWorldTrivia.com. It's fun. It's free to join. We have more than 30,000 members as part of our family over there. Very welcoming, very friendly site. Again, please come by and check that out. And as always, if you like the show, please help spread the word and let others know about it. Please come over and say hi on Facebook or follow my instant updates on Twitter. There's links to both of these in the show notes as well. Next week, I'll be Twittering my little fingers off at MouseFest. So if you can't get down to MouseFest and join us, you can kind of follow along at home. Or if you are down there, you can get your updates instantly on your cell phone if you like. Kind of see where I am and what I'm doing. Again, if you want to come over and say hi, please do. I encourage you to. And of course, I mean it when I say thank you for taking the time out of your week listen, and tune into the show. I really do appreciate it. So until next time, my friends, I hope you have a fantastic week. If you're coming down to MouseFest, I look forward to seeing and meeting all of you. So until next time, see ya. Hey. hey
3: Lou. It's
4: Cassidy. Sam isn't saying
0: ho, ho, ho. He is saying mon Bye. Hi, Lou. This is Darlene. you see Lou on the board. Um, I just wanted to let you know that we're going down to Disney in June of 2009, and we were able to get the discount. Uh, we had booked our trip with the car copper and uh, the no expiration, so we saved about $850. It was a wonderful saving, and um, we are very pleased with that. My husband was actually very pleased with that. So, uh, you know, it, it was a great deal that Disney came out with, um, I'm very happy, because Now, you know, we'll have more to spend on souvenirs and stuff. Um, I am very pleased with the show. I'm very happy that you won your award. Congratulations. And uh, looking forward to listening to the next show and getting the next uh, Celebrations magazine. Awesome magazine. Great, great job to you and Tim. Bye. Hello, Lou. This is Evan from Fort Lauderdale. I'm driving up to the world right now. I just stopped in Fort Pierce for lunch. My mom is driving up from Palm Beach Gardens, and uh, I'm going to meet her at uh, Port Orleans uh, French Quarter. Uh, this a little vacation for her. And I um, just want to say I've been getting into the Disney frame of mind by listening to your podcast in the car on the way up, and also over the weekend catching up. I just want to say that... Um, I have a unique Disney moment that starts when I get off the turnpike and turn left on Osceola Boulevard, and it slowly builds until I drive through the arch, that uh, purple arch. Then I know I am in Disney, and uh, the rest of the world kind of goes away for a little while. Love your podcasts, and uh, keep up uh, the great work. Okay, bye.
3: Hey Lou, this is Tim Stenzel from Marion, New York again. I'm uh, just uh, listening to this week's show about the seven wonders of the world and about how the seventh one is the cast members. And I can't say how much I, uh, I agree with you more about that. It's uh, the cast members that really make the magic uh, happen over there down at Disney World and Disneyland. I was back um, in uh, in August. I was back at Disneyland. And, you know, I just happened to be walking by the monorail. And I remember that the new monorails were hitting the, uh, hitting the line then. And I had seen one of them earlier, but didn't see it in the afternoon. And I just struck up a conversation with one of the guys standing, uh, one of the cast members standing right by the uh, the loading area there. And it was just so cool because he was just carrying on a conversation with me, and it seemed like at the time I was the only one that mattered. And uh, it, it was really kind of cool. He's just like it was almost like talking to an old friend or something. And I've noticed that about the cast members all over the place. Uh, they they really. Go above and beyond the call of duty to uh, make you feel at home there, and I don't see that anywhere else that I've gone. I've I don't take a lot of vacations in life, but most of them, you know, I just I don't I don't really. Sometimes the the people make the make the vacation not so nice, <laughs> but uh, can't say that about the about the cast members. They're really great. And I just want to chime in on that little uh, conversation there. Keep um, up the great work on the show, and see you later. Bye.
0: Hey, Lou, it's Jason. I was just listening to this show about, uh, well, a lot of different stuff, I guess, but uh, the Discovery Island or Treasure Island, ideas for what it could become, and I like the idea of the honeymoon getaway, maybe not as much of a place to um, stay, but kind of an all-inclusive resort type thing to where... You go for the day and everything's included. Your food, your drink, and just a place where, you know, adults can go to relax and have that quiet, intimate time that the honeymoon can sometimes lack here at Disney World. But, uh, I think that could go a long long way. Have a wonderful day and I really enjoy the show. (laughs) Mike.